I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freud, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you today? I am great. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. Now you're going to say, wait, he's not terrific? No, I just couldn't <laughs> use terrific again. Are you, so, uh, I'm doing well. You're enjoying your favorite time of year, I hope. I am. Just, just before you and I started talking, I was listening to Christmas music mm-hmm. while doing some writing and replying to some emails. I am truly enjoying the most wonderful time of the year. Good. Um, yeah. I love the evening, like when it starts to get dark and all of a sudden I see the lights. We have mm-hmm. some different lights that come on around our house, some mm-hmm. inside and some outside. I have a tree, a pine tree in my backyard that's kind of centered. I have this this large window in our, in our great room. Um, and when I look out that window, the tree is in the center of it and it's all lit up with white lights. Mm-hmm. I love that too. We have some. It's great. Everything is on timers here. Yep. Inside and out, and I just love it when like the tree turns on and the outside yes. lights turn on, and we've got all kind of you know our little Christmas village lights turn on. Yep. It's just like oh, it's time you know. I have a. It's cozy. Yeah, I have a couple of lights that still aren't right. They're not on timers correct, and mm-hmm. the, the problem is they're battery operated. Mm-hmm. So I can't use like a smart plug yeah to make it work so i think over time i will just simply swap them all out <laughs> and i'm kind of unhappy because i have these battery operated candles that go in my front windows mm-hmm. but they're too yellow yeah it's like eh. so now and then i went to home depot and i went to lowe's and nobody had the bright white ones so i may have to go to amazon and see what <laughs> i can do but one of these days i'll be done and i'll have everything i need and then I'll probably be so old I'll die, but we'll see. <laughs> then my kids can have it. So today, so what, as my one question, what were you thinking when I sent you the post that said, who should you empower? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I didn't have many expectations, really. I um, Okay. You know, I thought it was a, a good question. I think it's certainly something t- that leaders should be thinking about um, and maybe yeah. in you know, maybe they're doing some surface level thought on, but it's one of those like, hmm, let's like step back for a minute and yes, look at this. Exactly. You need to take a step back. And and so I have, I shared with you before we hit record is I had this, um, it's a little book called Leadership Promises for Every Day. And and in one of days back, and I don't remember when it was, the, the title was, you know, who should you empower? Or something along the lines of that, and and I and so I've been chewing on it for a couple of weeks, and then I thought, no, I, I really want to write on this one because empowerment is an amazing tool, and and I remember one of the first classes I ever taught at Macney back in 1995, I think, um, <laughs> I had agreed to teach a class for somebody, and they told me they would give me their materials. And when they gave me the materials, it was every other page. And I don't know if they did it on purpose. <laughs> but like I had pages 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11. Like, are you serious? <laughs> so I had to recreate it. And, and one of the sessions was on empowerment. And, and you know you're feeling empowered when, you, when you're excited to go to work. Because mm-hmm. you're making progress. You're doing things. And, yeah. and so to empower a person really means to give them the authority, the opportunity, um, to, to do something maybe we'd call it a promotion would be another way to do it but it's it's a great development tool because if you're doing it well the employee truly feels valued appreciated uh and part of the team but too often p- 
people skip to like, well, this person wants a promotion. This person wants an opportunity, so we should just give it to them. And I'm like, hold on. No, don't. Because the worst thing we can do is empower a person that isn't ready to be empowered. Because they, we basically set them up for failure rather than setting them up for success. And, and we've talked about it over the last four years, is that you set le- great leaders set people up for success, mm-hmm. never for failure. So the three areas that I'd like to have us talk through, the first one is knowledge. What does the person know? And, and knowledge is, um, it's critical. Some will say, well, there's experience. Well, there's more than just experience. And, and I use the example in my post of my apprenticeship. So I served a four-year apprenticeship that was 8,000 hours. But with that, and so the apprentice part is you're in the shop, you're in the building, you're working on projects. With that was 144 hours of classroom training. Mm-hmm that I had to do every year. And what the classroom training did was gave me the knowledge that I could then apply in the real world. Mm-hmm. So if somebody doesn't have knowledge of the area that you're asking them to work in, they can't. There's no relevance to the skills that they're developing. So knowledge was the first one. Then we get to skills. And quite frankly, can they do the job? Not a hundred percent, but but I I use the example of we don't give keys to you know I have grandsons that are going to be turning ten in February. They're nine right now. Well, one turns one turns ten in February. The other turns ten in in um, May. I wouldn't give them the keys to the car because they're going to wreck. And and there's there's a story. That, that I use um, uh, in some of my classes. You know, when somebody asked me one time to let somebody else drive my boat, the boat, that, and everybody that listens knows that I have a boat that I restored. And and some people are, so I'll, I'll give you an example of my three sons. My son, Mike and, Mike and Jeremy, had spent years at Brinson Marine delivering boats, driving all kinds of boats. Both of them, If I go back, let's say 10 years, both of them were able to drive our boat anytime they wanted. They said, Dad, can I take the boat out? Absolutely. Tim at the time (laughs) would have been like 15. People say, well, 15-year-old can drive a boat. Well, maybe. But Tim hadn't had the experience that Mike and Jeremy had. And so I wouldn't let Tim. Now, if we went out in the boat, Tim can drive the boat all day long when we're driving around in the lake. But now docking that boat, a single engine inboard boat, is not the easiest thing to handle. So he wasn't given, I didn't empower Tim to be able to dock the boat. Mm -hmm. It just isn't going to happen because he's going to smack into the dock. The docks aren't going to move. So something's going to give, and it's typically the boat. So I use that kind of example in my classes on empowerment. Mm-hmm. But think about it. What's the risk if we give somebody a task and they don't have the skills for it? Or, well, don't I like to think like they don't have the skills yet, right? Yes, exactly. So that's the kind of the beauty in both, well, and really everything that we're going to talk about today is that, right. you know, all of these things can, you can work on the knowledge required that foundation is so important and then once you've got that you can work on that skill right so eventually tim probably (laughs) 
has honed the, the skill, he right, and he yes. he can handle it, right. Now, and what and the reason I know that is that from the time he was 16, when he started working at Brinson Marine, he delivered boats. Mm -hmm. And what was interesting was Pete, the owner of, of Brinson Marine, used to have Tim deliver the boats while other people were doing docks and hoists, installing docks and hoists, because Tim did it well. Mm-hmm. And he was responsible. So once he proved, isn't this terrible? Once he proved that he had the skill for somebody else, mm -hmm. I'm ready to, to <laughs> let him drive it. Mm -hmm. You know, now we we have a we have an old an old fiberglass ski boat that's not in the best of shape. It just it goes fast and it doesn't have much of a wake, so it's a great ski boat. Um, yeah, whoever wants to drive it, knock yourself out. I don't really <laughs> care. But you're not going to drive unless you show me the aptitude unless you've got that unless i've given you a driver's test so to speak or i've <laughs> observed you being able to drive you're not going to drive the wooden boat that my dad and i restored 20 years ago mm -hmm. so just think what before we give someone an opportunity before we empower them think about those things do they have the skill set needed to be fully empowered now maybe we partially empower them Mm -hmm. And and when we get into mentoring, one of the things that I, I say in my mentoring classes is, you know, let them let them fly with you for a while. Let them come alongside you and work with you for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I remember once, you know, letting someone dock my boat that had never driven it before. And I stood right behind them with my hands ready to grab the throttle or the steering wheel in the case that something happened. Mm -hmm. Because, hey, and, and, and I've banged into things. Um, it happens. It's not, you know, it's I, I, my dad, literally the first year after we restored the boat, um, and it wasn't even his fault, uh, a throttle linkage came apart and he hit a dock. And I don't think he ever drove the boat after that. I'm like, Dad, everybody hits a dock. But he had the aptitude, and he had worked on boats his whole life and owned boats his whole life. Um, but maybe it's just because he didn't want to have to say to me, Dave, I, I banged the boat again. Can you please fix it? I don't know. But he was also probably approaching 70 and didn't think he needed. He could always have one of us driving after that. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I know, I know I beat this dead horse pretty long, but please make sure that people have the skills to do the job before we give them the keys, so to speak. The third one is desire, and and this is a hard one, um, and you and I have had had a little bit of a lively discussion about this, <laughs> and, and we're going to talk through it, which is fine, because I and thankfully you did some serious editing on my post. Um, desire is hard to measure. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's one of those things like, just because somebody says they want the promotion, or they want the empowerment, doesn't mean they're willing to do the work. And, and I'm one of those people, I've, I've had people say to me, hey, give me the promotion, give me the raise, and I'll show you that I can do it. Mm -hmm. And I've said to them, show me you can do it, and I'll give you the promotion, the empowerment, and the raise. Mm -hmm. um, I worked for a year before, so when, when I became president of Selflock, the year before I became president, I said to Don Dew, the chairman of the board, I would I, I wouldn't accept the job right off the bat. Um, I would I would be 
he could name me vice president of operations for one year while he mentored me. And I did the job as the president for a year before I ever saw the rate increase for the job. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, that was absolutely proper. And the interesting thing was, on the, it was a year to a day when he said, okay, we're done. You're good. I'm retiring now from being president. And then I said to him, I said, Don, how much money am I going to make? <laughs> you know, do I get a raise? Like He goes, well, of course. Didn't I tell you? I thought I told you. you know, but, but anyways, but the point was, he made me prove that I had the commitment and the desire to do it mm -hmm. before he gave me the opportunity, before he, he changed the title and gave me the raise. So how can we tell if a person has desire? What are your thoughts? So, you know, like you mentioned, I think it's it's different for every organization and every industry to find that kind of measurement tool for yep. for desire. I think, you know, like you said, sometimes we jump to the conclusion that we know what people want. Um, but we really I think we, it really comes down to for me, I think, is dedication and commitment. And yes. and again, those look different depending on your organization. Yep. And I think the the broadest way to describe it would for me it was it was to think that you know are the person's actions in line with the organization's mission vision and values or a given mm -hmm. project's you know mission vision or values um sure and you know we shared like you and i kind of went back and forth on this like what could this look like for different um organizations right and i think um a We've talked about you know showing up to meetings on time, as right. as some, like if that is something that is you know time is valuable and respecting other people's time and um, maintaining commitments like that show that you're you're committed to the project to the team. Um, we right. talked about earning trust from Absolutely. you know earning the trust of the leader of that their leader, but I. I added in, I think, also the teammates because I think that's a really important yes. component when you talk about empowerment is that, you know, you still have that, um, the trust within the team. That's right. You know, and that, that is, that is huge. I, I remember, um, coaching someone and the question was, when, when will the organization know that it's time for this person to be empowered or promoted. Mm -hmm. and, and when will the leader know? I think that's the way it, it, it started out. And, and my answer was, we'll know when the team starts asking why it hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. And that's a, so that gets to your, your organizational trust piece. Because literally what happens is people will say, can, can, hey, why aren't we, why isn't Marissa doing this? Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've watched her grow. We've watched her take on responsibilities without being asked. We've watched her, you know, um, do things that aren't part of her job to make us better. We see this commitment that, you know, she's putting in the hours that are needed to do the job. Mm -hmm. Not the bare minimum to keep a job. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of indicators, right? Like that's an indicator yes. that you just need to to keep an eye out for. 
you might right. you might see it and then you know your someone else on your team might see it and mention it um i, I think there's a lot of those like nuanced situations where you might think like okay yep. like they're you know maybe um something that was once you know maybe someone was treating their their role as like a job but then you notice yes. a shift where they're treating it like a career um, exactly that's one of those like small shifts that you kind of just have to notice like okay things are changing like i can see what that this person is really committed and really dedicated to or passionate about what they're doing right now and right. that's why i think it is so hard to measure because it's like there's just so much that can kind of go into this um piece of dedication it's not like oh they they delivered me a a slide deck on how dedicated they are <laughs> or right. you know it's not as cut and dry there are just so many so many ways to to find that do you think it's fair to say marissa that when it's there you know it i do i really do okay i think that because i one do of those too things that you you just kind of can you can sense and you and I, I'm glad you mentioned that, like the idea of other people when other people start noticing or start saying things. I think that right. really says something too. Yep. You know, I'm thinking of a young man um, that when I was at Self Lock, he came in as a temp, mm-hmm. and somebody actually um, one of our employees said, "Hey, I, I know this young guy. You know, um, could you?" could you know he's a really great guy is there something is there a job we could find for him or something i said we'll have him apply as a temp and he came in and everything we gave him to do he did with his whole heart mm-hmm. you know so he went from probably deburring parts to i think we might have made him our shipping and receiving clerk at the time um i was i was building an addition on my house at the time and and i knew that this young man had worked as a roofer and and i said to him i said hey do you want to earn some money on the side he goes what are you talking about i said i need to have a roof put on my addition and quite frankly i do not enjoy climbing up on you know i i don't like heights Mm -hmm. and he goes i'd be happy to help you out i said no I'm, i'm paying you to do this up and i paid him an hourly rate you know um i i think i paid him even more than 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 he was such a good worker that I let's just say I made it worth his while and mm-hmm. then some to do it because um, he did a great job. He was the first apprentice at Self Lock, mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, I'm not there anymore. But from what I'm hearing, my guess is he's going to be the plant manager. Wow! Because every, and it was one of those things where people would say. Why isn't he doing this? Why aren't you giving this opportunity to him? When I offered him the opportunity as an apprentice, he didn't even he didn't question. He goes, "Yes, absolutely. What do I do? How do I do it?" Conversely, I had another young man that had great aptitude that really needed an opportunity to advance his career because he was a single dad uh, with one or two kids, and and I knew that he was like struggling to make ends meet, and this would have been a way for him to literally guarantee rate increases every six months uh, because that's the way an apprenticeship works every thousand hours you get a raise um and he says nah i'm just not committed to doing the school stuff Mm -hmm. okay if you asked him he would have said the desire was there but it wasn't there to make the commitment piece now the other young man 
had a wife and two kids. You know, I mean, he was, and he was, it was going to be a commitment for him too. And it wasn't that the school stuff was always in the evenings. A lot of it was during the day nowadays. So when I did, it was all evening. So it wasn't like he was going to miss a lot of home time. He just didn't want to commit to that. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're looking for in this desire piece. Just, is there this commitment? Is, is it there? Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, like I mentioned, I want to come back to what I mentioned when we were talking about knowledge and skill and that those things can be nourished and expanded and grown. Yes. You know, you can grow your knowledge, you can grow your skill. What do you think about growing your desire, your commitment, your dedication? That's, you know, I've never thought about can you grow it. I, I think, you know what, I, I honestly think that desire is a choice. Mm-hmm. I'm going now. We we have talked about you can grow passion. Mm-hmm. You can grow passion and interest, but desire I think is based on commitment. And am I committed to doing this? Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's a choice. You know, um, I choose to get up at a certain time every day because there's things that I value that I want to make sure I get done. Mm-hmm. Someone would say, well, you have tremendous desire. Well, you know what? There's a lot of mornings when there is no desire whatsoever, but there's a commitment piece. Mm-hmm. I've, I find this to be something valuable, so I'm getting up to do it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, commitment in relationships. We don't always feel as committed as we should be, but we do it because we've made a commitment. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I, think des- I think desire is actually more commitment than, than a feeling. How's that? Right. Yeah. And and I think that it is something that can grow and change and evolve. Yes. You know, and I think about um, phases of life, seasons of life, and how yes. your desire, commitment, dedication, all of those things can ebb and flow based on, you know, where you are in sure. your life. And I think it can be influenced by other things, right? Like you think about what might be motivating that desire, that commitment? Um, yes. You know, as if you're, you know, you've grown your family or if your life situation yeah. has changed and it's like suddenly there's a little bit more motivation to to advance or to... to right. Or sometimes it's kind of just like this revelation like, hey, I, I'm getting older now. I'm ready for a career. You know, I'm ready to to get serious about my future versus like, yes. oh, I'm young and fun and like, you know, just, you know, living, working so that I can live on the weekends or whatever, which yeah. is, which is yeah. fine too. I think it's just, you know, that, that the, these are all seasons and that um, yes. kind of ebbs and flows with, yeah with it, you know, if you're ready or not to, to be right. empowered. And I think, you know, you ask that question with, with this desire piece, like what does the person want? And I, right. I think there's no problem with some people saying like right now in my life, like, you know, I, I just, you know, want to be good at what I'm doing currently. I'm not ready to take on more. That's, yes. that's great. Like that, right. if that's where you are, like, that's awesome that you are aware enough to say like, I, you know, I, I, my hands are full right now and maybe right. next year and you can still be committed and you can still be dedicated to your job without being prepared um, you know, to take on more. I think that's sure. I want. I don't want to lose sight of that because, like, as someone who has gone through a lot of seasons of life in in 
my career and I'm sure there will be many more I have a long ways to go is that it's really important to like know what what you can and cannot commit to or right. or be ready for at a given time sure. in your life right like if, you, if I was eight months pregnant would I be like yeah like I want more work right now like no I'd probably say right. like let me re- let me come back to this when I get back from my maternity leave when I'm able to you know think about where I can go and what I can do with the skills exactly. that I have yeah and, and, you know and I think too as you as you as we grow older and as we mature sometimes our what we value changes completely, mm-hmm. you know, where um, it was, I valued enjoyment. I valued my, I, you know, I remember as, as a toolmaker's apprentice, man, I did not want to work Saturdays in the wintertime because I loved skiing, mm-hmm. you know, but guess what? I didn't always have the choice and I ended up having to, having to work um, more than I, than I would have liked on weekends. Now, all of a sudden when I had a family, Ooh, right. <laughs> I, you know, I'll, I'll work whatever overtime you're going to give me because I need the income to mm-hmm. support my family. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, there was a time when my, when I thought my, my desire was just to run companies and build businesses. Mm-hmm. And then that shifted mm-hmm. to, to do what I'm doing now. And I think it gets into this point about we need to help, we need to be working with the person before we then empower them to determine what their desire is at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wherever their desire is, is fine. But we just need to make sure that they think it through and they understand everything that's required of the new opportunity they're getting. Mm-hmm. So I want to circle back to the worst thing we can do is empower a person who's not ready. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to end up in a train wreck. And that could discourage them going forward. So, it, you know, I think we really, people, I don't think people, I for one, did not think long and hard enough in the past about these choices of empowerment. I just said, well, here's a person I think can do it, so let's let them do it. Oh, time out. Take a step back. Really look at the situation. As we look into a, a new year turning around in just a, a few weeks, who on our team is ready to be empowered? Mm-hmm. And are we willing to give up some of the things we do to help another person with their growth as we empower them to do, you know, and we've, we've talked about it on the podcast. You've heard, we you and I've talked about it in meetings. If somebody can do something 80% as well as you can let them mm-hmm. because you need to work on the stuff that only you can do. Mm-hmm. So that's the other part of empowerment. Did I miss anything? I mean, I think we have covered a lot and I think I went on a couple tangents, but it's good. And I think um, it's a lot to consider. It is. So any any exciting things coming up in this next few days? Because I know you got your bucket list and the, list. the most wonderful time of the year is moving quickly. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not totally sure off the top of my head, but we have coming up next. But the uh, the list just turned over from fall to winter. So awesome. I'm sure we'll be checking things off. I'm sure you've got your list, you've checked it, and now you're going to work it. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Terrific. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was The Next Page. Mm-hmm.